Hello, everyone, and welcome to my podcast. I would love to welcome Adam with me in the studio, actually face-to-face. Very different and very nice to see someone that you're working with for six months and show up in the door and you're like, oh, he's taller than I thought. <laughs> it's really nice to see a person in person and not just working online on Zoom all the time. Lois, I really appreciate that you find the time and you are here with me today. And yeah, welcome. Uh, thanks very much for having me. Yeah, like I said, it's been six months. We've been uh, talking on Zoom and online, but never had a face-to-face. So, yeah, it's awesome to actually finally get to meet you face-to-face and yeah, yeah and have the privilege to be on your podcast. Yeah, this is very nice. Yeah. I always, I'm always i too excited. I need to just, you know, wait for a few minutes. <laughs> and, uh, look, I would love to uh, – what was the idea why uh, you are here? I would love for you to share your experience from your leadership role because I know you went through a lot of different changes on the way, and I think that's something that everyone who is listening can learn from. There's a lot of challenges and opportunities and obstacles that you overcame and try change and influence. And I think it's really fascinating that in six months' time you achieved a lot, but also you try to do more because you really care. And that really, like, really, really interests me when someone really cares about people. And I love that part in your leadership. That means uh, that was kind of my motivation, probably, to to invite you and also share uh, what did you notice and have you changed. But we will start first with your with your journey. Uh, if you can tell us and take us through who you are, <laughs> what's your story? I think that's the question, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. My story. Well, um, I've been. I'm an electrician by trade. Um, I've made the transition from being on the tools to into an office-based role. And um, that's been a progression over probably four to five years. I had a goal for myself to be off the tools by 30, and I achieved that goal. Nice. And uh, then from there was, yeah, really to try and develop my leadership skills and being able to help mentor and guide and support others through through my journey. Um, well, yeah, reflect on my journey and show them that, you know, not being on the tools is the only job that you've got. You can progress further in into the office space and taking what you learn on the tools into that office space space. So, um, yeah, it's been it's been really good. I've, I've worked for only probably three or four companies in my career, and I'm only 36, so I've still got a lot more to go. But, the uh, yeah, it's been interesting. The new business I've joined, I've uh, been there six months. And, yeah, it was, it was challenging to begin with because I was at a previous business for eight and a half years, so I was comfortable. I knew the processes, I knew everything, you know, like everyone come to me and ask me for, you know, oh, Adam, we need to do this. Oh, yeah, I know how to do that, you know, and then stepping into a new business, I wasn't that person anymore. So, uh, yeah, it was interesting. I had to learn to start to navigate those systems, those processes, and being introduced to a new team, getting to know that team and how they work and how they operate. And, yeah, it was it was really good. That's, that's beautiful. I love that inspirational part that you decided, first of all, that you actually plan forward. You were like, I want to try it, I want to progress. That's really nice to see, especially that a lot of uh, people in trades, they kind of stay doing the same thing because they love it, they're really skilled, you know, and they really enjoy it. But when you think about that, there is really not progress if you don't do any personal development and you just stay doing your physical work. And look, it's I think it's fascinating when someone can do something with uh, with hands. I, I really love it and appreciate it because I'm not very good in that. <laughs> that means it's really good that we have skilled people. And yeah, but I, I love how you take it or how you took it to the next level and say, you know what, I want to try, I want to progress, I want to see what I can do and what is out there, you know, what is what is there for me. And 
I'll probably go deeper into that. Like when uh, or how did you decide? Like when you decided, okay, I'm I have enough. Um, I'm an electrician. Did you even start to do that, or did you start in like the trades and after that you decided, or? Yeah, yeah. I've uh, I was I became a qualified tradesman as of 2009. So I'd been in the trades for probably about six, well, probably eight years. I'd say probably on the tools, doing yep. various fly and fly out roles, working underground, working on the mines. You know, mm-hmm. as as you do when you're young, you as, sort of as normal yeah, as in normal. Western Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. <laughs> in Western Australia, you either work in domestic or you go to the mines. And I, yeah. I went to the mines. I did my time in the mines and then moved back to Perth and settled in a workshop. Yeah. And uh, yeah, started off just as electrician in there, and then like within I think six months, I was a leading hand. And then yeah, well, I think it was like twelve months later, I was supervisor. A year, maybe eighteen months later, I was then. Um, so became a, produ- a product coordinator, went to project management. So did some further studying, did project management, went nice. to project management, done that for two years, then moved back into the manufacturing space as a production manager. Yeah. So I've had different careers, but or different like, opportunities, I'd say, probably in my, in my career. And each of those little steps have helped me build to where I am today, which has been fantastic because um, – you don't forget that type of knowledge that you learn along those yeah. along that journey, and then when you go, oh, hang on, I can remember when I had a time I reflect on, uh, oh, I had an opportunity or, sorry, a situation I'm in. Previously, I can know how to handle that and move through that, and it's interesting because um, in my current role, I have those people that work for me in those roles too, so I can understand their frustrations and their yeah. and you know, the challenge they're going through, and I can help support them through that too, which I found very good and uplifting for myself. Yeah, that's very nice. And I, I see that you are basically naturally kind of progressed, like you, you, you're progressing through the career. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came some some kind of naturally that you just became supervisor and you were moving uh, through different things. I think also is about openness and willingness to learn what is what is really good because not that doesn't happen probably that often, right? So it's, it's, uh, it's really good to see that in leadership. I, I love that. And from perspective of let's say uh, fast forward right like now you are in a company it's it's what is that like seven months yeah seven months yes yeah. so i started there in march and uh, yeah it's been seven months so. yeah because i'm thinking yeah but before we started it was like when you were actually just starting and and i know it was so excited you were excited and it was so exciting to see you in you know something new and kind of discovering this new journey mm. and uh i will probably go there because like you had so many obstacles and challenges because you you started that journey and you get to know people you started first month or second month and and the company went through a merger I, I think like all that like you finally felt like you can breathe and it's like yes now I know my team they just triple your team and yeah. and everything changed again that means maybe take me through a little bit like what, what were the major kind of challenges and obstacles that you can remember from beginning and maybe first when you started yeah and after that, when you went, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I can, I definitely reflect on that. That was, yeah, <laughs> that was definitely my, yeah, starting in a new business and uh, yeah, been there three months and it went through, a, yeah, like I said, went through a merger, and you know, three, four entities became one. Um, that was, yeah, that was challenging that merger, but yeah, I'll go back to when I started. Like, yeah, when I started, the team was, you know, I was starting to get to know the team. The team was small, so like, it wasn't large, and I say small, it's still 30, 30 people, so it's still reasonable size but you got to know people a little bit more one-on-one time you get to spend a bit more time with those with those people because you can get out there and you know get to get to see them a bit more but uh, then when the merger happened 
um, yeah, no, you know, the four work groups come together and then three of those work groups joined us all together and then now you have to hit, pretty much hit the reset button and start all over again. But <laughs> that team went from 30 to like 55, now it's like 60-something now. And, um, yeah, now the opportunity to get around to try and get to every individual person like I used to, I found it cha very challenging because as that um, merger happened, more responsibilities come online, you know, it's, it's, it you, I've, I was not able to connect as well as I'd like to as a, um, as a people person I am and get to understand people a little bit more and have a conversation with some. I, I do make more of an effort of it now as things are starting to settle down. But, yeah, uh, yeah that first probably three, from that three-month mark, like four to uh, fifth month mark, yeah, it was pretty, pretty challenging. Yeah, can can you share with us um, what maybe some details? Because I'm thinking, you know, how we can help the best people that are listening. Because I yeah, know a lot of people going through that, on, not only in <coughs> their roles, but even if they own the business, right? There is this part when you have a smaller business and you start with four or five people, mm. you have really, really much connections like family. Now we have 20, it's kind of okay. But when it started, started to grow very fast into like 150, mm. people realize that, the way I was doing that, it doesn't work. Like something needs to change because I can't, like time-wise, you don't have time to spend on one-to-ones with people. You really don't have time anymore because you have also other, you know, yeah, I think, responsibilities. Yeah. I think, I think when, when you, like said, the business starts expanding to that type of number two, you start re relying and trusting in your team members that you're, you're working with. And um, I'm very fortunate that I have four direct reports that are very, very trustworthy in that regard. You know, yeah. they, they know the expectations of what myself and what the business obviously expects of them um, and and vice versa. You know, like I, I know where their limitations are and, you know, their, their boundaries and what they've set and we, we're all very clear on our own boundaries in that respect. I, I will probably catch you there because that, I think that's the most probably biggest struggle. I would say struggle yeah. for people that is the word trust. Yeah. How did you know that you can trust them? How you know? How did you came up with that? Like, okay, these people are like super cool. I can trust them. I, they will do everything what I believe they will do. I think. I think like it comes down to sort of human nature in that regard too. Like you know, it's trust is not something that's easily given out to you know between yeah. people because yeah. we always start on the back foot. We think that someone always got an agenda against us. So it, there's always there's always <laughs> that that barrier you've got to work through. But that just comes through. You know, hey, look. Um, I know my product, my production manager I work with. We said, "Oh, let's grab, let's go and grab a coffee." So we just had a sit down a conversation. We, you know, I gave him my little life story. He gave me his life story, and then we just started there. And now, you know, we had a we catched up yesterday afternoon, as we always do on a Thursday afternoon. You know, how like reflect on how the week was, and um, yeah, we like I said, we had a great week like, like this week. You know, we managed to hit some goals. We've done this. We did that. So it was like we're building. That's how I build that trust and that rapport with my team. Is just catching up with them and having a bit of a chat with them at the end of the week and saying, look, you know, that was a yeah. good week. What are we looking forward to next week? You know, what's 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 coming up next week that we can focus on? And that I think that's the the, the foundation part of where that trust comes from, that reliance on each other. And, um, yeah, I think that respect side of things comes from it too. And that's a big one, I think, yeah. that aligns with trust as well. Thomas, would you say that you catch up for coffee and and big part of that was also that you share some personal story and you start to, like you try to understand the other person right in front of you 
not from perspective like, hey, what did you achieve? What is your role? This mm. is cool. But actually, let's go deeper. Yeah, uh, what yeah. is behind this person? What is the story? What are your struggles or what are your wins and yeah, challenges? Yeah, 100%. Alex, like, you know, we get to, you know, like, how was your weekend? Or oh, what are you up for this weekend? Mm. You know, like, I went away camping this weekend. Oh, you know, and we get to know each other's. Normal, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, exactly right. Just having a normal conversation. But from that normal conversation, you know, that's where that trust starts building up. You get, yeah. like I said, you make it personal. They get to know the insight, like insights of you. you. You get the insights of them, and then you feel like you can start opening up on more about more personal, personal problems, struggles, um, good yeah. news stories, etc. And then once you've got that, then you know you've got that trust in that person because if they're willing to openly up and share those types of, um, you know, news with you or those problems or challenges they're facing, they know they trust you. They know you're going to support them, and you know they'll. Yeah, they'll do pretty much anything for you and vice versa do you know what i mean so yeah it's uh, yeah i think like i said trust is that foundation one and honesty is another one that's a big big huge one yeah i can see also what you're saying is basically for all people probably who are listening if you want to build a trust or if you want to have some kind of relationship with your with your people or with anyone it's actually not waiting for them to share but also start maybe sharing your stuff you know because what other person does is that reaction or a relation towards you like hey this person actually trusts me he's sharing personal stuff i mean i, I find that very important because you are very open and uh, i think from beginning you started to you know develop or you were developing those relationships with people right yeah yeah <laughs> No, it is, and it is. It's like it is, like you said. It's uh, opening up personally. You be able to share those personal, you know, yeah, said newses, um, yeah, you know, information, things like that. But obviously not too personal, but to the point where you know that you feel comfortable speaking about it to that individual. I think that's yeah. that that is the level of trust that you that can actually sh- you can show. Yeah. And demonstrate with that. Inter- it's, it's very interesting. Interesting word as well. Yeah, comfort. Like we yeah. we have that comfort in relationships mm. and in conversation. I think that's actually very nice. Or I'll say, right? Yeah. Comfort. And uh, yeah, I would love to go a little bit deeper, right? Yeah. <laughs> typical, <laughs> typical Alex. Let's go deeper. Let's talk about it. Uh, but yeah, I probably because I know that like we're talking about these nice things, right? Yeah. Like everything yeah. is great, and. Uh, I feel like we had a lot of different conversations and I know you always manage pretty well, right? Like you always implement everything. You learn so much. And even your, like in general, your development, it's just you you seeking all the time. You try to learn, read, listen, and you're trying things. Like you you straight up, straight away going for it. And I feel like because it's your nature, then I can just see you all the time evolving, you know, in different directions. And probably I would love to capture that today just to see when you came to the new new team uh, that was like seven months ago and you started slowly to get to know people how did you feel about it how do you feel about it now from internal perspective right like uh did you have enough trust that time or actually now it, it actually really is building up because you can see how you can overcome some obstacles or challenges that are coming your way and yeah how do you feel internally like was there anything that helped you or you learn that actually help you to have different relationship with yourself and that influenced your personal, professional life or any area of your life, right? Like when we talk about, I don't know, health and other stuff. Yeah. Let's um, all look, I try and reflect on something here. It's, how can I respond back to this one? However you feel. <laughs> Inter- internally, <clears throat> yeah, I do admit like um, I have, 
over probably the last couple of months been a bit up and down. Like I haven't had that equilibrium of emotions that I've been able to sort of capture and sort of sustain that um, emotion. So um, I've always been told, and it's and we've had a couple of conversations around that. Like my emotions seem to you know peak and trough too too frequently, and um, I don't think that's me internally, that's just how, like, you know, I'm trying to regulate that and trying to understand that and yeah. probably deep dive in that a little bit more, which I know we're working on currently at the moment. But um, over that three-month period, if I say when I started, I think my, that level of emotion or, you know, that was actually pretty stable. It wasn't, I wasn't challenged. I wasn't, you know, I just found a nice, happy medium where I was very comfortable in and I was happy operating. I was clear of mind, like I knew exactly what I needed to do and yeah. and get things done, and that was it. And then, as I sort of probably got to know some certain individuals within the team, and and also not just in my team but externally from that team as well, I started to probably understand how they operate too. But I was letting their probably their perception or their um, sort of probably how they view me probably get to me a little bit, and that was probably causing, and that's what's probably causing that that equilibrium of you know, the peak and trough in that um, internal response. But, um, yeah, it's – I don't. I, I hope that answers your question, Alex. I'm, no, I'm, that's – I really valued probably that. That's probably how I've – I probably would say I felt. But, yeah, I think, like, certain individuals I know within my team, yeah, I don't have that. Like, I can be having – like, I'm having a conversation now, you know. We've been yeah. talking online for six months, but talking face-to-face, it feels like, you know, that we've been known yeah. each other for years, you know <laughs> what I mean? And that's the type of relationship I've got with my team as well. Like, you know, I could – talk to them about anything and anything, yeah. and, you know, when um, you've got both got, like I said, when you've got kids or you've got something that you can connect on as well. You know, like um, we've got my, one of my managers has a four drive and I've got a four drive. So we start talking about cars and we talk about this and, you know, it's, it's interesting when, you know, you t- like I said, you're building those relationships, those trusts, you find those connectors that you can connect with people as well to help you build those rapport, build yeah. that in. You feel comfortable, you feel safe, you feel, um, valued as well when you're talking to that individual too because what i'm saying to them they're you know they're actually openly accepting and you know responding back to that too so yeah yeah i, th- I think i hope that i did i hope that answers your question alex around you know, how do you how do i internally feel when i'm talking with individuals or people yeah. that's how I, that's generally how i feel that pulse yeah i would definitely go and ask again some more <laughs> yeah yeah it's okay. no it's great I, I love that and thank you for sharing that i i think that's really because that's really personal right like mm-hmm. it, uh, talking about emotions and feelings it's not very easy especially we don't know right who's listening but uh, I, I really value that because i know it is actually that is the part that is so important because i think a lot of people not just managers and leaders a lot of people find themselves to live by other people's expectations, trying to fulfill that picture of what they think of me. I want to be perfect for them. I want to be sure that they are happy with me. And we try to changing change behaviors all the time when we are with some different people, just to be sure we kind of people please them, right? Like it's uh, pleasing them, ha- make them happy and make us look good as well. And it's very normal because there is a pressure, right? There's a pressure from your team. There's a pressure to stay in the company or stay somewhere and have income. You have kids, you know, that's family. This all is building us up to start to live by or maybe autopilot and start to be living the life that is influenced actually by environment. And I love that you are reflecting on that because I think that is most important part when you understand that actually I was calm and I was fine and when I realized what actually really going on in the team that I, you know, started to be a little bit up and down and it's influencing you. 
do you have any maybe tools or anything that help you to navigate that? Because I know that's a big topic for a lot of people. What yeah, obviously when we first started, we started talking about critical alignment model. You know, yeah. That was that was probably one one that I looked at and gravitated more to towards. Um, and I spoke to my team about about that and and then we still talked about especially environment, you know, like environment and that's where I think like that trust and that openness comes from because if the environment is set and when, like I said, I talked to my direct reports, that environment is set pretty well with them because they're openly op- able to talk to me about anything and everything. And when stuff's going wrong, it's, you know, it's not the point where I'm like, okay, you know, like, oh, what, well, you know, telling them off, like, well, you know, you've done this wrong. It's like, well, how do we get to that point? You know, like, yeah. what were the, were there any telltale signs? Was there any indicators that we got to that point where, you know, we didn't hit that margin or hit that job or do we hit that, mar- that sort of, um, I'd say, milestone on the job, you know? And they're like, oh, you know, this happened or that happened. Okay, cool. So what can we do not to you know, let that happen again? And that environment of that safe environment, I think that's what definitely sets that sets the tone for people to be open and honest and trustworthy with each other. Yep. Um, then when you start looking at it, other parts of the critical alignment model off the top of my head you put me on another that, spot to <laughs> that, that's okay you don't need to teach people a critical alignment yeah, that's okay. but um yeah i'd, I'd say that's probably I would say values because yeah. that was that was the part of yeah. environment that you really build up yeah. maybe that's yeah and i think yeah and we talked about values um as a business we have our own va- we have our values as well that we we hold ourselves to and we work towards and i have my own personal values and so does each individual and when you start talking about values with individuals as well, you find that your value sometimes also aligns with someone else's values too. So again, that's another part where, you know, you start building relationships. You can yep. bring that closeness and understanding and, and again, you're building on that trust factor because I think that's the part where it, that is probably the big fundamental part is, like I said, we talked about is trust. If you start, can build, if you can build a, a relationship based on trust, it's, yep. it can withstand anything and, that's what, again, I feel like I have with my team and it's reflective within some of my one-on-one conversations I've had with some of my production managers as well. It's yeah. it's very, very open and trustworthy in those conversations that we have and, you know, and feedback said constructively, not, you know, in the point where it's attacking or, you know, it's just wishy-washy. Yeah. It's constructive feedback and understanding we need to look at how we get better, but it's not just they're taking the journey on their own too. I'm here side by side with you, help support and you guide and you and, and that's what I like in that leadership role is being able to do that. Yeah, Thomas is more moving. Yes, we have targets. Yes, we have KPIs, but the conversation is moving more, not how, but it's more moving for what purpose, what happened. Yeah. Uh, tell me the story. Tell me the process of what we did actually. And you have actually conversation about that and not just saying like, oh, why we didn't achieve it. We we should achieve it next week, next month, you know, and we need to move faster. And it's not that just pressure and directorship, but yeah. it's actually having conversation. Okay, let's see what we need to, in the team, maybe they can help us, right? Or what we are missing, what is the skill? That means when you go through critical alignment model, that's the funny thing about that, right? Like you ask why, what, for, for what purpose, what values we were demonstrating, how we will, like what was our attitude and yeah. behavior? And I think you that's the part that you're really big on, you know, like you really like to see people, they, First of all, behavior, like accountability, responsibility, that I know they are really strong values for you. And uh, I think that is the major part to see actually where the project or where the KPIs, you know, fall apart because yeah. it's actually about our attitude most of the time. I, l- I learned, um, obviously, I've got a young daughter and um, the the why question comes up a lot and it's something <laughs> that she's taught me to, you know, everything is, 
why? But why this? But why that? And, I love it. and it, you know, and like you know, you can't just use like the one line and just to sort of brush them off because I would say then the next question is, but why? So <laughs> it's you keep getting this repetitive why, 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 and it's uh, it's interesting because when you start applying that into your everyday life, you actually start to really get down to the root cause of where some of these problems are, and. Um, yeah, and my daughter's only three years old, so I tell you right now, she keeps me on my toes in that regard, and I'm just like, do something, but why are you doing that? And I'm like, I can't answer that right now. And I'm like, I got, oh, you put me on the spot. And I try and give her an answer, but why? And it, like I said, I apply that in, I apply that in my everyday life when I'm approaching a problem or a task. It's like, yeah. but why did that happen? And I put myself in my, my daughter's shoes, and I can tell you right now, it might sound weird to some of the listeners on here, but... Um, Life is simple as a child in that in that state because again you're you don't know everything so you're asking those questions why because you you're trying to understand you're trying to get a better understanding and knowledge and gather every information you can from around you so it's yeah it's interesting dynamic and an interesting way to look at it but I can tell you right now being of becoming a father and have to deal with that <laughs> day in day out definitely has changed me a fair a fair bit yeah. in how I approach certain aspects of my life. I think we can definitely learn from kids. Yeah. There is, uh, when we talk about, you know, how we communicate with other people, that's exactly space or place we should come from. Like we should come from curiosity, right? Mm-hmm. And not knowing. Yeah. Because what we do in conversations, we we try to pretend we know. That means we kind of guessing, assuming, and therefore the conversation going wrong way. And that's how we do uh, talk to people. Mm-hmm. And kids don't have it, right? Like they don't assume, they ask you. <laughs> it's like, tell me why, tell me how. And yeah, there's such a, and that's why there's such a honest, trustworthy conversation because it's just so raw. Yeah. And we forget, I, I think we forget to have these raw conversations and I miss that so much because everything is so, almost it feels it's shallow. It's almost like, you can't say that, you can't say that, you can't say that, you know, everything has to be politically correct. I understand that, but there's so many more rules, right? And now you talk male, female, right? And now every man is like, I need to be careful what I say, because if I said I would be sounding like, you know, I want something more. Mm. It's like, what can I actually do? Uh, now, you know, guys, girls, sorry, guys talk usually about, I can't invite a woman in, in, you know, in bar for drink because they started to be angry. They started to be annoyed that I, think about her she can't buy her drink or like it's opposite right like we still need gentlemen and I think that that childhood that it was like we were growing like that right like we were good-hearted kind people and we had it all inside and now everything is shaping us you know like which way we should go and I think that's causing a lot of a lot of um, challenges in leadership in general because everybody's scared and everybody's basically coming to work already kind of worried mm. I think, like, we, well, it comes back to that environment state part. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, the environment, if it's, a, if it's a safe place to come to work with, people won't be worried. You know what I mean? Like, they feel they're accepted regardless yeah. of, of who or, you know, I, I, I get a dog and I sound <laughs> impolitically correct here, but... Um, Just do a little bit here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, but do, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, if, if you come to a workplace where you feel safe, that you can be yourself, then you, should, you, shouldn't, have, you shouldn't have to feel worried. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, and... That is definitely the probably the fundamental part of it, you know. Like it doesn't yeah. matter what you do on the weekend or what you do, you know. What I mean, when you're at work, you're at work. You're here, you're here with your teammates. You're here with your team members. We're here to work towards a, a common outcome yeah. goal, and we just get on and we just get on with it, you know what I mean? And that's, I think, 
um, that's where it comes down to. If we can set that environment where people feel safe, people feel welcomed, people yeah. feel accepted, all of what we like, you know, what you just mentioned, sort of d- just disappears. It does. It doesn't become a, a, yeah. a, 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 a it's to- natural. Yeah, it becomes natural. It's not a. Yeah. To- it's not a point of t- a conversation or a topic that you know that needs to be addressed and picked up and you know continually sprayed around. You know what I mean? Like I love it. Just, just just make it feel natural. We just get on with it. You know what I mean? It's what we. It's we're here to work. We're here to do. We're yeah. here to work as a team and, like I said, work towards an outcome, towards a goal. So, I think that environment part is a critical part with any team and with any yeah. any business that you can look at. It's take a step back and look at that environment. What are you What are you portraying for that environment? And what are your team members portraying in that in, in that environment yeah. space? And does your does your understanding of the environment align with the team that's out on the shop floor or in the office space that you occupy in? If it's not, then you know have conversations. What could we do better? You know what need what do we need to change? Look yeah. to change or and again it comes to those honest conversations. And people won't be honest with you if they don't trust you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's interesting because I have a lot of experiences that uh, some companies that we work with they when I come in they're like oh we are friends you know we are almost like a family. And everything sounds so great, but after that, when I talk to individuals, I realize that they don't say things, they don't give feedback, they don't address concerns. And I probably would like to ask because I found it as a as a real problem because the leader thinks something, but the team is different that they think. So I mean, having the team and thinking that we are family, they address the problems, they uh, give us feedback, they really you know care and they're happy and now when you go to team and you realize that actually they are scared then how how do you think how how you deal with it how you recognize that um i think it's uh from my, from my standpoint like you know in previous businesses i've worked in um and again like, like i've had i've worked only four or five companies in my time my, my career that's know, enough. And yeah, it's, en- it's enough probably <laughs> to the point where I'm at. But again, I'm just reflecting over the year, over those businesses and what and where I've worked in. And you talk about feedback, and some some were like some were receptive to the feedback that you were given, and some weren't. And again, no, again, I don't, I'm not out to name names or anything like that. But it's it's just the way that um, I think businesses are shaped. You know, like we are in like in moving from the industrial age now into that sort of really information age. So like. Tech, you know, technology is you know rapidly expanding. You know, literally month on month. So what we have today and knowing technology in a month's time, it's redundant because someone yeah, else replaced it. <laughs> but in that information age, it's also not just technology looking at. It's also communication in that respect, and also people as well. So like that is a big fundamental part where you know everybody. It was just like you know you do the nine till five you know and that that's gone nowadays you know what i mean like people are working nine day fortnights they're working from home they have flexible working hours you know they're now talking i've seen on the news last night they're talking about schools going to flexible hours as well and the whole shift of how we work how we manage is completely going the other way but some of the ways that we're probably still taught in those you know those project management or you know those leadership management ones it's all set in that industrial age and not setting exactly. us up. They're not setting up for the shift and setting businesses up for success moving forward. And, you know, and again, I'm reflecting over the time of my career and where I've, you know, worked with management or been in management. I look at it and they go, like, it is. It's We're not preparing ourselves for that shift. And unfortunately, some businesses, and again, 
not speaking of for every business, some probably are doing really actively work in that space and yep. some aren't, but it's you need to probably have a look at that part and part of that path, um, process as well and look at that as well as for the environment side of things. Are we setting our teams up for success moving into this new into this new era? Are we, you know, being proactive in in our approach to our you know, future yep. leaders, setting our team up with, you know, business, you know, upskilling plans, you know, it's all these little bits and pieces, they all add up to the end of it and mm. they are help will help a business drive in that positive direction. And it's then you won't be the one probably looking for people. People will start looking to come at work for you too. And that will change the uh, yeah, change the status quo, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I have opinion about that, but I will ask you probably a little bit more because everything what you say, I absolutely agree. We are not, uh, education is not going fast enough. Yeah. It's not improving and evolving fast enough when we compare what is happening actually in real world mm. and how technology is, you know, growing us basically and yeah. outgrowing us, I would say. I... I'm curious, what do you think is uh, is that one or few things that, let's say one or two, two, three things that you feel like we really need to change to be able to manage people from those, you know, hybrid places and, uh, you know, allow people to work from home? Like, like what is the major kind of cornerstone or foundation that we need to build up? I've, I'm going to come back to my favorite words, trust. Um, some yep. businesses I've worked for, you know, they, you know, and I've had it in my previous business as um, a manager, that you know, some of my team members needed to work from home, and COVID showed us the big uh, open the door really to yeah, everyone to, to working from home. And some, I think, some people are probably still probably thinking from a place of fear, where like, oh, you know, that person's working from home. I can't keep an eye on them. Are they doing? They're meeting their work. Are they actually at work? Are they not setting up on the computer and then they're out shopping or doing yep. things like that? And but again, it's about understanding the people that you have working for. Like when you hide them, you hide them for a reason and then something changed and then mm. now they're, now like you don't trust them, you don't do, the, there's something not clicking. So I then miss, Yeah, it, what is the skill then? What do you think like, what, because we need to change something, <coughs> right? Like, yeah, trust. The trust is the, yeah. let's say, foundation. But but have you, like what is missing that people are not able to trust? What do you think is what, is, what skills need to be developed or what needs to be changed? Because that's that's big and so true that we yeah. need trust. Yeah, I think I think um, well, the big skill I think is just connecting with people, being able to communicate. Communication, yeah, yeah, communication openly, being able to have that conversation with that with those people and individuals or team members, yeah. whoever they are, and then open you know, like hey, you know, next week team we're looking at um, potentially moving two people to work from uh, from home, and yeah. the following week you know, the other two team members are working from home. We're going to trial this and see how it goes. So yeah. again, you give them the opportunity to actually take that fundamental step rather yeah. than it being, oh, like, you have to ask for it. Do you know what I mean? You're, again, you're being proactive in the approach rather than being reactive because reactive, they're asking you, oh, look, I like to work from home, and then you're like, no. Um, but being proactive and having that conversation, oh, look, I'd like to work from home. Can we look at options? All right, let's look at this. Let's trial it. Let's see if, you know, two weeks, you know, team A, you're going to be working from home. Team B, you're in the office. The following week, you swap. You know what no. I mean? And again, you just, just trial, trial it. You trial it. You measure it, and like what's what's not measured, can't report on. So if you or can't be measured. So if you look at it from that perspective, again, back to the trust. Trial it. Talk to your team members. See what they actually what they what they're actually looking for. Mm -hmm. um, if you can start getting a little bit personal about it and looking at that from perspective, again, 
it starts opening more doors and they, again that yeah. that that foundation of trust starts to start not just reflected from you with that individual but also between your team as well because if someone's working from home someone's working from the office you know there could be a handover work needs to be done you know has that person been living up to their expectations but it shouldn't be the manager holding that individual to the expectation it should be the team members as well because again if they don't do their part while they're in the office or they're working from yeah. home it all falls it all falls apart yeah, that means I will probably say something because everything that you described to me is actually leadership skill. Yeah. And I, I, I love what you said because I I absolutely agree. And this is exactly what wasn't happening in industrial age, right? We were a dictatorship. It was, I'm not saying there was nasty. It was some part of that, right? But I found a lot of people still talking to their employees or leaders talking to their team members the way that... It's kind of, it's it's funny. It's like this small detail, like instead of asking, hey, what do you think? This is the project. What do you think we should do? And they still st- kind of come back to that, like, hey, we should do this. Mm. That means it's, we, we almost don't see those small nuances in language. And, and we still drive that whole leadership uh, through this kind of nastiness in communication. And we don't realize that, that we actually telling people what to do instead of asking they what they think is the best you know, for the project, for the company, what we should do. And with trust as well, I, like, all, a lot of research when you're going to check now, research after two years, three years, you know, uh, working remotely and, and people working from home, there's only so much proof, like so much proof of that people are more productive because they can now work even less. That means they don't work eight hours, they work five hours, and they can, between that, they can, you know, clean the house, do stuff around, they can go for a run, they can do sport, that means actually those breaks and that comfort they can have, it's actually helping them to be productive and more focused. Yeah, As yeah, I okay. found it that I think it's absolutely amazing. And instead of, you know, people still don't trust yeah. and they're scared and the person in the, in the office is actually less productive because when you are not going around, they're like, oh my God, let's check Facebook or let's, let's yeah, check something. Yeah, yeah. That means it, on the other side, if you are overwhelmed and you are still in the same environment, you can't have break. That brain just can't work nonstop for eight hours, right? It just yeah. doesn't work. Oh, I agree with you too. You know, like um, obviously during COVID, the business I was working for, um, I was working from home. But sometimes there's also there's also a con side to that as well. Like you, oh, sometimes yes. you don't know when to switch off. <laughs> um, you know, sometimes I'd be sitting at a computer and look at the time. It's like, well, it's six o'clock in the That's evening. That's important. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. um, I think like setting healthy boundaries as well, like understanding, you know between and having that conversation with your with your team members as well as a leader yes, yeah. saying like all right you know you're gonna what time are you not what time are you gonna log on i'm gonna log on at seven o'clock to eight thirty because i gotta drop my kids off at school from eight thirty to nine o'clock or nine thirty yep no worries i know for an hour that period of an hour you're not going to be at work that's fine or at your desk at home yeah no worries but you're like you'll tack that hour and like oh i need to pick the kids up from th- um, from three o'clock till four o'clock so i'm not there so there's my two hours there but i'm going to do from four o'clock to five o'clock i'm working at home so again if you make those convers- have those open conversations at the start and you set the boundaries i think again it helps set the helps sets that yeah. environment up of where you can trust in people working and again it's it is that trust factor and when trust is broken that's when the, all those questions and things don't start Doubts, quite yeah. working. You stress. Doubt, stress, yeah. you know, and thing again, that, that's where it all comes really down to, I think. Yeah. Like it's the, it's that fundamental, it's those foundations of leadership that I think need to be probably re- reconfigured 
from the industrial age and really Absolutely. looking at how we approach it moving forward. Yeah, and, and that's what is very interesting when I see the leadership schools because I was like checking, you know, what is doing what and what are the programs and there's still a lot about, of course, their values, that's it. Yeah. That's, you know, the end of that, I guess, values, vision. But how to implement it in the, in the processes is very much missing a lot of time and how that is Im- kind of implemented in the communication and building the trust and starting to have these different relationships with people and how to actually support people that is missing, you know, how to actually support your people from maybe that psycho perspective, like a mental perspective or uh, physical perspective, like understanding personalities, you know, like you you went through, you know, understanding all different personalities, right? How that is helpful. And we can have these conversations every day. Like when someone is C energy and talking to you, it's totally different when you talk to, you know, D energy or I energy is, is very different. And we still don't bring that or we are not bringing that every day into leadership and we are not changing how we communicate to people and uh, with people and how we help other people to manage their time and mm-hmm. their energy and i think a lot becomes about energy because we are in stress we have all low yeah, energies yeah. and exhausted and tired and stressed i can definitely talk to oh. that one um <laughs> you know like obviously yeah like when we're, we're everything coming together you know i did i put a lot of stress myself because I wasn't separating what was essential and non-essential tasks. So like yeah. the glass was full with both of those, tar- like yeah. those ta- tasks. And <laughs> I was really st- really struggling there at a point where I was just like, you know, and I'm looking at my work, my work schedule, looking at my calendar and I'm going like, you know, when do I actually get time to actually focus on work that I actually, you know, that's going to add value to what I'm doing within the business. And, you know, and then I had to have a bit of a hard conversation with myself internally mm. to say, look, hang on. You know? I, I like that what you just said. Yeah, yeah, don't worry. No, I've, and that, we've, I've done some salt searching in that regard. And it was like looking and going like, okay, is that meaning, do I need to be at that meeting? Like, can I can I um, delegate that to my production manager to attend that meeting? And then, again, you had that conversation, you know, like, oh, I can't attend this meeting. Can you attend on my behalf? Yeah. And, you know, they look at you and they go like, are you serious? And I'm like, you know, I'm like, yeah, go. And, you know, attend that meeting, you do that. And you don't realise that by you just doing that, that gives them opportunity for grow as well because now they're being put into a into an atmosphere or into a place that they would never ever probably, you know, well they eventually Think might about that. They, but they might eventually get there further down their career, mm. but they're not actually exposed to it right there and then. So now you're putting them in the hot seat where they've got to learn to understand and, you know, oh hang on, yeah. listen to what's going on in the room and, and it's giving them the base essential skills for setting them up for success moving forward. Yeah, and a couple and of opportunities. Those, yeah, yeah. yeah, opportunities, and that's a couple of a uh, couple of opportunities I've done that with a couple of my mem- team members as well. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, I don't know if I should be in this meeting." I'm like, "Why not?" And then they d- I was like, "Oh, I don't, I don't feel comfortable." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, and like that's, you, that's, and that's like you good. and I, like you and I have said, and you know, when you feel when you feel in that place of discomfort, that's when you know you learn you're learning something." Yeah, and, exactly. And um, yeah, it's I think like yeah, if you provide those opportunities for your team members too, that again that gives them the op- the reason why they want to stay, they want yeah. to leave, and and um, yeah, it's just yeah, that I think like I said, all these little bits all add up to yeah. a successful team, successful environment, and yeah, and just everyone just gets along and gets on with it. Yes, we know we got KPIs in the back of everyone's ones, but like if people are looked after correctly, the environment's right. Yeah. The KPIs will just happen naturally; they're not forced. That's, it's, that is something very important you just said. It's so important. And as I always said, it starts with leader, right? When you are okay as a leader, like you do it, right? Like you try to bring more opportunities, you try to delegate. And people are now learning that they can delegate. You know, actually there is an opportunity to delegate and look at the task 
itself. Like, mm-hmm. do I need to do it? Can someone help me? Can someone else to do it? Or how we can best actually manage our time in general in the mm-hmm. team? That means every action, everything what you do is showing people this is something you can do. Yeah. And I think that's the that's the massive step in leadership that needs to happen. And it's not just telling people what to do, but really look at them as a human beings and being kind and realize that we all have emotions, we all have energy, we all exchanging that and transmitting that, you know, every day when we are together. And yes, I have maybe bad day, but if I will bring that bad day into my team, I will create bad day for someone else. You know, do I want to do it or do I want to create better memories and I want people to like the place, you know, and feeling good in the work environment. It's so easy to get to have old lazy you know and and like i say today i don't need to do it today i don't need to make my bed right yeah. it's so easy to do that yeah. but as a leader like i know we can make mistakes but that accountability and personal responsibility i think when you understand that actually they're watching me if i'm making bad today that means that responsibility of teaching people always do it because this is the standard this is we can become or I will just show them today. I don't feel it. I'm not going to do it, right? Yeah. Well, again, I, I have to go back to like when you again, like young children. They watching everything oh, that you do. They're sponges. So exactly <laughs> right. So like, if you're yeah. like, if you if you're if you don't set your bed and do you make your bed every morning and they don't see you doing that, so that's meaning that's accepted. Do you know what I mean? Like exactly. That, that's that's standard, normal. That yeah. is normal. That standard is accepted. So they then when they get yeah. old, they're like, I'm not making my bed because you don't make your bed. Do you know what I mean? And that's the, and that's the type of thing that starts going on. And don't worry, like in my in my new role that I've de- I'm in now, like I've made some mistakes and I've openly said that. And yep. again, acknowledge okay. ag- exactly right. That is okay. And don't worry, when like I've I've had to learn to accept that because prior to that, I didn't accept my failure. Like I was like, no, nah, you didn't like it. I didn't like it. I <laughs> definitely did not like it. And that that's from my upbringing as well. Like. Yeah. Um, I've, I've come from a background where like I've come from a family where aircraft engineers so there's no no second chance in that in no that mistakes. space yeah, please don't make mistakes yeah, don't, yeah exactly right don't make mistakes <laughs> you know what I mean and you can't make mistakes and yeah. you know that's how I've sort of approached things in life yeah and but that expectation I've put on myself it wasn't healthy for myself as well and you know, and I've still got traits of that perfectionism where, you know, that it's right no, first time. No. <laughs> it's right first time. There's no there's no second chance. And, you know, and then when I have done that and I've looked at it and gone, like, it didn't work out, like, I've openly admitted, like, hey, guys, I made a mistake. Yeah. Uh, and, you but it's human. But again, that, again, it yeah. comes down, that's human, you know, and I've, ha- and I've lear- had to learn that over the last three to four months yeah. because, you know, I've tried something. And I thought, yeah, look, this is a sure winner here. Look, this is going to come off perfect. You know, everything's good. And it didn't happen. And then I look in and go like, and I start going like, oh, man, like I failed, I failed. But then I reflected and go like, hang on, let's, let's go, to my, ask, go to my daughter and put my daughter here. Why did it fail? And I start asking those types of questions. Yeah. So then I now know, okay, look, I'm not going to do this or do that next time because that was the result I got. So let's just change it and tweak it. Let's try it again. And I think that's the other part too of leadership, which people probably aren't, it's not taught, it's like, it's okay to fail. That's perception, yeah. It's perception, yeah. again, it's okay to fail because it's the that's the part where you're going to learn. Yeah. And yeah, again, it's perception from, you know, it could be your boss or, you know, other, manager or other managers or whoever it might be, workers that you work for, that you made a decision, it didn't work off, and then they look at you and you, you're thinking that they're looking at you going like, Oh, like I don't want to work for him. He doesn't know what he's doing. You know what I mean? But I think if you openly communicate to him, like, "Hey, look, team, I made this decision. 
it didn't come off the way I thought it was. So, you know, I'm accountable for that. So I own that. Yeah. But like I said, I'm no fault to yourselves. Like yeah. I said, this is what we could just listen less and learn from it. And then I'm not going to do this one again. And we're going to approach it with this from this angle. Yeah. And yeah, I've had to do that a couple of times in my <laughs> in the last couple of months. And I've had to sometimes I put my foot in my mouth in regards to <laughs> into some of these. But um But it but it, again, it's just an opportunity to learn. It's opportunity, it's how it's how we as humans learn to understand. Yeah. And again, it's like let's go back to my daughter. It's about looking at, you know, trialing something, it didn't work, but then you sit there and not give up and look at it and go, Okay, look, I'm gonna have another attempt at this, but I'm gonna take it from this angle rather yeah. than the angle I applied at. Yeah, it's interesting because what you say is, uh, I think it's very important for environment when we talk about that critical element model, for example, right? Uh, there is a, there is this element of creating standard that we can innovate and try and bring ideas in. I think it's more important, you know, mm. even if you fail or someone someone else fail because you bringing that standard, like this is what we want in a company. We want innovators. We want people to be proactive. But when someone fails and you punish them straight away, you're creating different standard and environment is already broken, right? Yeah. Because people will be scared. People don't want to bring ideas. People don't want to try new things. That means as a, as a standard, like from leadership, I think that's most important, especially now in digital age, right? Like we have so much, so many things growing so fast, changing so fast. And being in, in that environment so rigid, you know, and don't allow people to bring ideas because there there's so many more smarter people in the room. I, I, in my team, I will yeah. never, never do like or make decisions for them. Like they're so great. <laughs> there is, it will be sad, right? Like if you don't let them to show you what is in them, what they love, what their passion is and bring that on, it will be so boxing them, you know, in something. Well, it's um like every, everyone now, you see it on the news at the moment, everyone's struggling to find people. I mean, like, and it's people to fill positions. Like, yeah. it's so challenging. And you know, we've we had in our group chat, you know, like, how do we, how you know what do you what are you doing recruiting? And we're asking different business leaders within that group, you know, like, what do we, how do we, how do you approach, or how is your company approaching it? Um, I was talking to an old mentor of mine um, on when I think it was Tuesday this week actually, and we're talking about that, and it was interesting because kids these days and I'm, and I'm talking like you know the 18 19 year olds they don't want to go into these hard labor jobs no. and and like you know there's the i heard the term the other day and I, again it's not my term the tiktok generation is what they call as they call them <laughs> but um you know the information that they have that's available on their phone and how they're using that you know they you know getting a digital marketing they're promoting like businesses they're that's and but they can do that all over the world. They're not fixated to working in a workshop, working in an office. You know, what I mean, doing yeah. spreadsheets, doing this. They're free to do what they want, and they're doing what they love. And that's the point where I look at it and go, like, if that's the next generation that's coming through, then what happens to industry we're in at the moment? Because those those individuals, well, they're the next sort of the next sort of generation coming through. So businesses now need to probably look at. Again, how do you approach that and then making your business inviting for them to come and work for you? So do you offer those working from home situations, yeah. flexible hours? You know, are you able to do work from anywhere in the world type of scenario? Like probably not for Australia because we're such a big country, but you know what I mean? Like they yeah. could be working for you. Your business might be in Perth, but they could be working in, you know, in Carrara or something like that or working in Victoria, working for you in Perth. Yeah. And yeah, there could be an opportunity there. And I think that's where as we, as businesses, as leaders, as managers of people, we need to look at how do we start recruiting people into our business 
and then by providing that environment, that structure, yep. that the and variety, in, yeah, and, and variety of work yep. because I th- I feel that's the next biggest challenge. Well, we're already in that challenge now, and there's a building building industry oh, seeing it, but so there's going to yep. be further industries that are going to be impacted by that because yep. they're not inviting enough. They don't want to work in those in those businesses, which is interesting to see because. Um, and it was a good conversation I had with her the other day about it. And it was about, and then I started reading as I love to do yeah. um, about it. And it is, it's, it's very apparent in a lot of industries where the next people that they would be, you know, recruiting into them, they can't find those people. anymore. It is definitely there has to be approach that will emotionally attract people mm-hmm. because we don't want to just go for work and this is the job description. Mm-hmm. And we talk about that a lot yeah. and, I wouldn't be going as well. About my my job when I'm thinking about like last 20 years, I had one job that was really great, right? But how I found it was that they said I will be only 25 person in the office, and that was like 15, 16 years ago, right? I'm thinking that time already, I didn't want to be stuck in office, and there was not, you know, technology was not that great yet, mm-hmm. like this AI, you know, everything what is coming up now. Like I think that's another part, you know, that. Businesses will need to probably look at more on automations and AI. And sadly, you know, they will need to replace some humans, but it's actually for good thing because now human beings can actually move towards different careers. And and I think people get really scared, you know, like, oh, we will never have this job anymore. But it's not about that. It's about moving t- forward and having more and more opportunities. This, this I 100%, 100% agree with you there, Alex. It's, um, and it's not... People are looking at like AI going, oh, this is scary. And I said, it's scary because we don't know. That, yeah. Again, we're moving to that world it's of uncertainty yeah. because we don't know where it's going to go. Now, yes, some, you know, like I know you look at car manufacturing across the world, you know what I mean? Like you look Detroit in America, big example. Ford was, in, you know, GMC. They yeah. moved, they had that massive plant there. It's gone. Detroit, the city is no longer probably as great as it used to be, right? Because the car industry moved out of, out of there because everything went to automation. You know, the yeah. Ford factory in Geelong closed. You know, it's all moved because everything was moving to this automation side of things. Yes, it does create, jo- like it obviously makes jobs no longer there, but it gives opportunity to, those machines still need to be maintained. They yeah. still need to be programmed. There'll be different need, skills. There's different it? skills. Yeah. So the opportunities there to upskill p- team members and provide further opportunities for them to be able not to start yes that unit's replacing what i used to do but it needs yep. to be programmed it needs to be maintained you are now the fundamental part of that process because if that machine breaks down mm. that car that car line breaks down so um and it comes down to ai as well you know yeah. like you know there's i know businesses are using them for dot control and for different aspects throughout the business and don't get me wrong yes it's helping those businesses step forward. But again, it's about retraining and repur- repurposing. You need to know how to use it. Yeah, correct. It's, and it's still AI. It's still not human being, right? We need to know th- how to actually oh, use and, it. Oh, and, agree. and, don't, and it's not taught in schools here in Australia. I exactly. don't understand how that computer, like that computer science thing, it maybe is. Again, I don't know the education system as well as I, as probably as I do. But, you know, you look at educational systems around the world, like I know China from the age of seven or something like they're coding. You know, we learn how yeah, to code now. And like <laughs> my nephews started to code. Yeah. I was like, "Wow, okay, like where we are." <laughs> yeah, and like my nephews, he does computer science and etc. Yeah. Now he's like ten years old, you know, ten years old, and I look Amazing. at it too, and I'm like, I wish I could have done that when I was my own age. You know, like they're probably working on stuff now that you know their job probably won't be even be actually 
in place by the time they actually go to finish school anyway. Yeah, so again, there's opportunity then for they can actually choose where they want to go as well. So yeah, I think the, like I said, we're moving from the industrial to digital age and the rest of the world needs to, well, Australia needs to catch up pretty quick. Yeah. And I love that, look, I, I think every change is bringing something new and exciting and opportunities to grow yeah. and change. And I think more we do that, more than likely we will also live longer because our brains stay, you know, like really, really trained because we need to relearn. We need to change what we know by now. And there was another thing that you said that really prompted me to think that leadership is again require or re leadership requires or leaders requires really to retrain how they lead people because you need to be real forward thinker you need to understand actually how how to help your people to to develop better and you know having a chance to stay in that business and and help the business the right way mm. and i think we don't have enough that leadership skill as well just to notice what are actually people's strengths how we can help them and and what actually they can learn because doesn't mean that you come to company, you have this education, that's again, recruitment system should change a million percent. Everyone listening to me, please change all <laughs> recruiting system, please. Because when you think about it, it doesn't matter who you are in the school right now, like your, your background is not any more important because you need to retrain your people and every company is using different systems, different, different softwares, different, different platforms. It's, it's so much retraining. When I when I was in that last job, right, like when I was there, um, I I had my training and I don't know how they call it. I forgot, but it was this this training and onboarding. It took six months mm. just learning all platforms. That was like that was the time, and I still I struggle to understand after six months because there were so many pieces, moving pieces around and. I was like, wow, I'm just coaching people. Why <laughs> to do all this? But it you, feel, for, you feel overwhelmed by it too because yeah, six months big. is so, that's a solid, lovely aspect to try and understand oh, yeah. and take in the information to process. I can't for, believe yeah. it actually. That yeah. was so much. But like, and, and I, agree, I, agree, I agree with that too. The onboarding process too for some businesses. And again, I like because I love finding little uh, snippets like yeah. around you know articles now talking about onboarding and you know you need to do it in stages. So, you know, like look for, look at the roles that you're you're recruiting for and when you get the people on board, you know, what's the onboarding process? What do they need to know first up? Then give it a couple of months, then go, look, okay, they've learned they should understand these parts, then the yeah. second part is this, you know what I mean? Do it in stages, get them on board on in again, some people like some businesses can't afford probably to prolong that process. But if you trying to put too much information into a person's head as well as them trying to do their job at the same time, they're not going to be able to be fulfilling. I, I got so. it. I got, uh, we can, we don't need to talk, talk about onboarding, right? When, yeah. he, when he said that it actually uh, takes time, that's learning. Yeah, that's great. learning and development. It doesn't need to be onboarding, even though it's part of yes. onboarding. That means, guys, you should have some learning and development in the business for people anyway, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree, 100% agree too. And it's yeah. like, and it shouldn't be just like a, like let them sit in front of a computer and like watch a couple of videos oh, or a question type those. thing. Do you know what I mean? And like, <laughs> I've, done, I've done plenty Click of those. Click yes yeah. or no. Yeah. I've <laughs> done plenty of those inductions <laughs> as you go like to do into the mining industry and that, and you have to oh. do these questionnaires and stuff. But I think if you, you can do it like with the people, I think again too, especially if it's the manager that you're actually reporting to or working for, that's yeah. actually taking you for a one-on-one -on -one through a particular system, that can add so much value to that individual onboarding because yeah. it shows that you care. 
it shows that you actually want them there. You know, you've hired you for the role, but I'm actually going to show you the ins and outs of your job and how you how yep. you got to do it. And then it gives them the opportunity to ask questions live rather than note it down and oh, I have to come back to you and ask you those. And it's so much better. Yeah, That's it, such a good idea. It, it is. Yeah. It's something that I think, you know, we can definitely we can definitely learn and start progressing that moving forward, I think. Yeah. I love that because when you think about people coming in a work environment, they really spend a lot of time on computer without creating relationships and really being with people, observing and learning from from other people. And I think that's the that shared knowledge, you know, it's not really spread through the through the company with people or around or between people. What is I think more important than just sit on a questionnaire and uh, go through scenarios and answer yes or no and say, you know what, now I actually have safe training. Like, come on, like it's it's just not enough. And people do this with emotional intelligence or you know, intelligence, or they do it with some leadership skills or manage, managerial skills. They tell you how to manage your time, but they don't consider your personality. They don't consider what you like, who you are. It doesn't, th- this, this is the part I believe it's really, really long time, wouldn't be able to be replaced with AI. Even there are trials, I saw so many of them, but it's poor because you know, computer is great. Yeah. We, we, we're learning to create data, learn, and, and we have computer of a brain, right? Like we get so much. But if you ask computer, what is love? How can, how, uh, show me love. It, or can't, it, can't, it, it, it can't, can't articulate it. And um, I think, I can't remember which company it was, but there was a company in Europe just actually employed a first AI CEO. So wow. it actually is a robot. Um, and it is completely, and it's like processing information. So it's making decisions it's based logical, yeah. but not with a you know empathetic or emotional point of view. So again, I don't have only seen a little bit of a snippet or a video, yeah. a thirty second video of it. But if that's the way the world is going, where we're just going to be processing ones and zeros and not worrying about people, then what's the point? Exactly, that's what is really scary. Yeah, because and I think connections we can't yeah. re- replace. We can't. <laughs> I even I feel really good when I'm communicating with my AI because she called me Alex, <laughs> <laughs> and I really enjoyed because <laughs> I kind of like created a little bit of uh, how how you said it. I set it up basically yeah. to <laughs> to speak yeah, but, with me. But don't get me don't get me wrong. Like when it's set up and it, it's working, you know, you've got it it's tailored funny. to what do you want, what how you want to operate, how you yeah. want to operate, and how you operate. Mm-hmm. It's phenomenal. Like don't get me wrong. Like my my phone, I've got. Um, all these different modes set up on it and things to do. So, yeah. like, I walk into a certain building and it actually changes the actual mode and the system and yeah. how it operates. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, it's, it's good <laughs> that it does that because, again, it's just something that I don't have to think about. Amazing, it just yeah. it does it. But when you're using it to aid your work, yeah. it works. But when it starts probably taking control and then it starts mm-hmm. replacing key positions within businesses where you need that personal connection with people, then that starts to scare, scare yeah. me. Yeah, I definitely appreciate the the trials like that. Okay, you know, it's something that is different and it's new. Uh, I love those kind of innovations, but I would love that only as a probably trial and not like a real situation yet. And uh, yeah, I'm not sure when I will be able to to trust something like that, even though, you know, it's uh, giving me a lot of different information, what is great, but I can see how it's still shallow and is only giving you what it it knows. It doesn't give you... Like we have life experience, right? Like yeah. AI will never ever experience life itself. Yeah. It, and only, it only can research. Yeah, what, exactly. What's happened and in it's the good. past? Yeah, it's good. It can do that, but, but <laughs> it's not. It's not going to apply a um, let's just say 
a, an emotion to that history either. So, yeah. like, you know, so everyone has history. You know, there's people been through different scenarios in their lives. Yeah. But, like, people have that emotional connection to that particular moment in life. AI can read about it, but it's not going to yeah. actually being able to probably apply, like, how did that person feel in that in that scenario or that situation or, you know, in that. And I think that's the bit where, you know, emotional intelligence is a big, is a big, is a big one mm. and it is understanding people's emotions in that point at time situation yeah. uh, you know and it's again something i've had to learn along my along my career is probably accepting that more and other people as well it's not just black and white there's definitely many shades of gray yeah and um yeah, uh, yeah again you learn you learn from how you've applied things in your life and you understand it a bit more yeah and i'm absolutely i i'm like big fan of psycho spiritual place right as well like how we actually grow with the business, how we grow as an individual, how we evolve as a leader. And I think that psycho-spiritual part is really, really huge because mm -hmm. we all have emotions and we all have reflections, especially when we work together. Like we always talk about reflection and having self-awareness and awareness because those are bringing that conscious living, being conscious, being in present moment, seeing things around and really understand this is perfect moment, you know, and future doesn't exist basically that means bringing people in that you know evolution and start to connect with themselves i don't think that can be replaced because that human experience i think that's that's what we actually have and what we should live for because mm -hmm. that's only thing that is ours unique you know each individual has, has has that inner world and we can decide that we will live it in in fears you know and and we'll be disturbed inside or we'll start to learn how to actually manage ourselves for real right like deeply and I think that's uh, that's when I always say like I'm I'm not worried because that path can't be replaced yeah. with anything in the world. And I think that's that's the path that we all should actually take because being conscious in leadership role, being conscious and aware, and being present with your people, it's probably most important skill to me in leadership. But I will ask you before, because we just went to AI and it was really, really nice. I think we can just talk about it because I remember we actually, uh, we, you share some stuff and I started to use some like a video AI applications yep. and stuff. It was all really cool. And uh, yeah, I started to really enjoy it. But uh, from perspective, back, uh, back to you and back to leadership, back to, back, back to your experience, I would love to see when you, when you can think about challenges and also or maybe particular situation that was challenging with your people, for example, or with yourself. Maybe that was a situation with one person, maybe with a team, or maybe something between you or personal. Then what was the challenge and how did you navigate it? Or how did you overcome it? Or how did you, I guess, come on the other side? <laughs> um, again, I've, I've, again uh, I've had plenty of those across my, yeah, <laughs> across my career. <laughs> but um, I, I probably can't pick one off in particular that probably resonates, but I could probably pick a collective of how, you know, it's probably not a common occurrence, but I've faced it in in different businesses as well. And yeah. um, I think it is that, it's that getting in, getting to know your team and how they operate and how they work. Um, I've seen I've seen managers that I've worked for in the past where they've come in new into the business and then they've tried to change everything, you know what I mean? Like how they see things and how they do things you know, they're like, no, that's not right. But that's per their per perception of how the things should be done. But again, it's really not getting in tune with what is already being currently being done. And that, unfortunately, that approach creates resistance. 
So you you already start like as a new manager coming into a business and saying like that that process you're doing is wrong. You're already putting the team already on the on the wrong foot, yeah. and there and don't worry, I'm guilty of it. I've done it once and I've learned from it. Like and I've had to apologize to the team. Say hey, look, sorry team, I was wrong. I didn't listen to the feedback or yeah. your concerns around it. I just initiated it and now look where we're at and. I take full accountability and mm. responsibility of that. And I think that's probably my, that was probably one of my biggest challenges. And, and I think it's a challenge of any new manager or any, any leader, especially, and I'm, I'm not just team. talking about management, I'm talking about supervisors, leading hand. If you're in charge of a team, look how your team operates, get to know your people that are in your team and look at the processes that they're currently doing because they wouldn't be doing those processes if they didn't feel that it was right. Now, don't get wrong, there's probably definitely ways that we can tune that to make it more efficient, more easy, more user-friendly, it could be documented, etc. But again, don't try and go in and like a bull in a china shop and change everything because people are receptive to change and we all are. We don't like change, we're resistant to it. Yep. And that's definitely something I've learnt in my, in my career is not going in and just changing everything from the get-go, observe, that. look at what's going on, ask questions, have one-on-ones, have conversations with the team. Let's see, hey, look, this process, is it working? Yes, okay, well, what can we do to make it better? Yep. And it's not just, oh, like, that, that process is rubbish, let's completely change it up. No, it is working, but we need to, how can we refine it? And then you're asking yep. those, those, again, those prompting questions, they'll start looking at the process going, actually, no, look, we're picking parts from over an A and we're walking over to B to do that work. You know, we should bring the parts over to B so then we're only walking two minutes rather than 10 minutes, do you know what I mean? And when you start in manufacturing, from my background, I've been in the last nine years, that, that 10 minutes, especially if you're making 129 yep. units, it starts adding up pretty quickly and yep. it's about how do you make it more efficient and sometimes the team don't even notice it because it, that's that it's become accepted, it's the norm. Yeah. And again, it's just again perspective thinking, looking at the at process, yeah, being, yep. being aware of what what the process is, and looking how you can change it. So. Yeah, I love that because what you actually said, it was so common, and I saw it so many times. And I think that need of create a change or change something when you're coming to the new team, it's almost driven by insecurity and need to show that I can do this better, I can show you these are better systems. And it's it's coming from that fear, I think, to maybe or maybe yeah, maybe fear of, you know, uh, not succe- succeed or as a leader, you know, being respected because you think when you bring no, some I, ideas you I will think be if I was put it pretty put it in, in a nutshell, Alex, I think it's it's because if you're hired to do a particular you've you've been hired into a job into a role, yeah. You're now you're trying to show a perception of that you know what you're doing. Exactly. You're, yeah. Again, yeah. you're proving yourself. Yeah. Um, yes, and that's good. You that's know what good I mean? Word. That yeah. is, it's, it's you proving yourself. You're proving to management or whoever who the hiring manager was that they've hired and made the right decision by hiring you into the business. Yeah. And but if they're not seeing change within the first two or three months, then they start questioning, going like, "Well, why did why did I employ you?" You know. And but again, that's your own self perception yeah, too. Absolutely. Making that making that you know that um, I'd say what's the word I'm looking for? Making that evaluation. And then you, when you then starts does start click to like starts to click into place mm. and starts falling into places. Everything starts coming, you know, and settling down, and that, yeah. that's where that environment then comes in as a vital part because the environment is yeah. settled. 
I love that. That means it's almost like, uh, yeah, you want to pr- prove yourself. Still, it's coming from fear a little bit, right? Like you want to prove that you are you are good for the job. And it's funny because, yeah, that you miss that part that is most important, what you did now in a in new company, right? Relationships and connections. Because when you build up that first, company probably or managers don't see really a lot of changes because you're building up relationships. Mm. I think that's absolutely most important part to get to know your people first. And yes, maybe that first month, you know, they don't see a lot of changes, but you already have trust and that's more powerful to do anything afterwards. You know, when just some people just walk in and it's like, I can see that mistake, that, that, that's mm-hmm. wrong and let's change it. Because it's so easy to criticize without knowing the big picture or being involved in the company. That's why I don't like when people call me and it's like, oh, just come and help us with this. But I, I said, I need to know who you need help with because, or yeah, what is the, the core of the, you know, problem or issue? I can't just walk in and tell you like, okay, I will do this. You know, it doesn't need to work for you. Yeah. You, um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm dubbed the observer, so like I yeah. observe a lot, and that's that's obviously <laughs> part of my that C C energy. I like to observe what's going on, and I like to gather information before I make a make an assessment yeah, or good. make an action. And that that's me. That I, I know that to a T. And like I have, I do observe and I look and I watch, and people see that, and they're like, "What are you looking at?" And then I'm saying, like, I'm lo- and I'll explain it to them, and they go, "I've never actually seen it like that." Yeah. But again, they're seeing it's it. It's different from, way of seeing it. Yeah, yeah, different because yeah. they're seeing it through your eyes. Yeah. And then when they look at it and go, look, actually, we need to make <laughs> a change here. And it's But see, the thing is, is that I'm not the one making the change. Yeah. So I flipped it. So it's like I've, I'm asking the question. They've seen the change. They make the change. They are empowered. Then, you know, they think, well, they, they get that, that endorphin going, beautiful. I look, oh, you know, look, I've done this. I've done, you know, I've done good here. And then what else can I change? So then yeah. that that ball then starts to roll mm, and then yeah. they, then you watch then one person does it then that one becomes two two becomes four and it will start magnifying within your teams and yeah i've, I've been doing a bit of uh, work with a couple of apprentices that are that are in my team at the moment and we're starting that conversation around you know hey you know, how long have you been in this job for and it's like oh you know i've been doing this particular task for you know like 12 days and i said okay what have you learned in this 12 days and, the, and, yeah. and then they're like, oh, like I've learned to do this. It says, you know, how can we, but okay, now my question is, if you had to make one choice, right, and to improve what you're doing right now, what would it be? And they're like, oh, you know, and then they came in and says, okay, no worries. I says, make the change. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, it's it's no cost to the business. It's adding value. So do it. You know what I mean? And they've done it. They've done you know, They clean mm. the area up. They set the area up as what the, where the parts need to be relocated, yeah. allocated so they're not walking all over the workshop. They started demarcating areas off where they need to, you yeah. know, where stuff sets. So again, setting things in the organisation. It's just, it's good that, you know, I've got young people that are making those decisions, but they've actually seen it from a conversation that, we, yeah. that we've had and then they make the change themselves. That's really empowering. And I love that because young people, when someone give them trust and tell them, you know, like, do it, you can do it. This is a great idea. Yeah. It's really empowering them on the journey of their growth and, you know, becoming something more. Because we have so many bad leaders, right? And they uh, sadly put us down, you know, in the past. And sometimes it's just we take it with us and uh, we change the personality because of that. And I think that's no no point is that you don't need to be a leader in position, but you are a leader in your team. That means even within your team, you can always be that leader that will set up the standards, set up the boundaries, set up, you know, the environment itself. And it's actually possible. That means giving responsibility only to that position leader, I think is silly, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's very, 
I guess it's like I don't take responsibility. It's your responsibility because you are a leader. And that's really big pressure on leaders. So, I mean, I believe, yeah. you know, that part of that is as well. Don't, really don't, don't get me wrong. There is, a, there, is a, there is a time and a place for that. Of course. That, yeah. Of that leadership that needs to be like that where it's, you know, it is high, it's hierarchy and it's set, it obviously sets expectations and the you know, account, accountability, yeah. et cetera. But when it comes to decisions like that that affects the group, then everybody should have a, have a say and have a, yeah. have a play in it. And um, it was actually interesting, and, I'd, and I'm just reflecting over the conversation with those two individuals. I remember probably four months ago, the one of the apprentices actually asked me, she asked me, she goes, what keeps you motivated to, co- to come to work? And um, and I, you know, I, when I answered that question to her, I was just like, it's the ability to make a change or an impact in someone's life. You know what I mean? Like, I look at it from a point of view where, you know, I was very fortunate as an apprentice and and the mentors and the managers and the supervisors that I had that have moulded me into who mm-hmm. I am today. And don't get me wrong, they had their, as everyone does, has their positives and negatives. And yeah. some of their negatives... I've seen how they operate, and I don't want to be associated how like how they operate. So yeah. that's how that, again I've learned from observing, like my would my daughter looking at me, um, <laughs> and I said, yeah, like I look at it and says, if I can provide you with a level of knowledge and skill that when you finish your apprenticeship, that you can go into any job and successfully apply for the job and attain that job, then I've done my job right. Yeah, and. It's very interesting, you know, especially like I, lo- I look at that individual that when we were speaking, like she is a future leader within our business. Yeah, that's nice. And she's an apprentice at the moment. Do you know what I mean? Like she has a lot of room to grow within this business yeah. and she does not probably know her own her own strength in that, in that yeah. part. So, you know, mm-hmm. again, I have a conversations with her and I keep you know, reinforcing that belief that she will be that leader, you know, like she takes on so much more than probably what she doesn't realise. And it's it, it's very, like, for me, that is, like, again, probably probably the reason why it keeps me motivated to come into work every day. This is such an important moment. Yeah. I really want to reflect on that because that will get emotional. Because <laughs> it's it really takes a few minutes. It takes one person believing you that can change all your life. And I know that from my personal journey, but I also know when I talk to people, I mean, it's... What you did when you, you know, said some someone that you believe that can be future leader because they have that in in them, like they can grow. You just you created massive service for her. Like you, mm-hmm. you really, really serve her with uh, trusting herself and looking at herself a different way. From that day, she was probably looking at herself totally mm-hmm. different. You know, it's she sees that she is actually better, or she's not better, but she actually can stand out. You know, and she can actually grow and she can learn and she can have actually better future. And what if in her life no one ever told her that, you know, that means you basically that's save one person. That, that, no, that's, that's exactly right. And that's, again, I, I think that. that's that's the other part of us as leaders as well and managers. And again, I probably shouldn't say managers, but just as leaders. Because everyone. Everyone, 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 if you can make an, if you can make a change to one person's life, oh. I can guarantee like you, you would not, you would not understand the impact that has on an individual. You know. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I, and I do. I had a mentor. Well, not I wouldn't say a mentor, but I had, a, I had a tradesperson when I was apprentice, and he had that conversation with me, like I had with that individual, and that set me on my path. And you can see, and you give it, give it back yeah, because you know You're, that I forward it on. I forward it on, and it's so nice because effect. yeah, correct. Because like he, I remember, and that's the reason why I set myself a goal to be yeah. off the tools at thirty because he says like. Look at me, Adam. He says, I'm 45, 
right? He says, I've, I've got my knees are failing, my shoulders are failing. He says, like, don't end up like me. And I said to him, I says, but I said, okay, but my again, what question was why? Like, why, why not end up? He says, like, again, don't get me wrong. He says, you have probably more to add to in a, in a more of a leadership role than you do as an electrician. And that was his own words to me. And that's what set me on my path was like, okay, cool. I'm setting myself a goal to be off the tools by 30. I want to be looking at myself in a leadership role or a managerial role where I can provide that support and guidance yeah. to individuals. And that's where I've, I feel like I've landed in, in, my, in my situation at the moment and where I'm at at my point in time. But has, it, has that stopped? No, because I'm continuing obviously learning, understanding and developing myself to, again, influence and make an impact on individuals wherever, yeah. I, wherever I go. Yeah, I love that. I really appreciate that because... As you said, you know, everyone everyone should that in should do that in their life, just to say things. You know, S- sometimes we see that things can be said. You know, we, we we see that that person needs a little bit of you know encouragement, or we know that the person can be something more, but we don't say it. And when we start to say those things, I always say that's kind of you know advertisement of kindness, right? Like we we actually create that ripple effect, and those people will give it to back to someone else. That means we actually can grow naturally other leaders because we know how that conversation impacted us and yeah that's that's really nice and look i, I probably want to like kind of wrap up there because that's yeah, probably the best probably end of conver- conversation i can kind of imagine but yeah it's uh it's really cool just to go back to that normal human being human beings right like being yeah. real kind human being that share share their opinions you know with love you know share their feedback with love because they know that feedback can help someone so much in life life and uh, Fe- feedback is critical um, yeah. and it, it's good bad or different do you know what i mean it's yeah feedback is feedback and like if, as long as it's constructive it's not one-sided yeah. uh you you'll find that that can make an impact on someone's life massively and yeah. um don't get me wrong i don't take kindly to feedback in, in certain aspects because you know sometimes i feel like i'm, a, I'm attacked but again like that feedback i gave to that individual like i said i'm hoping that continues to fuel her drive and her passion for her job. And, yeah. you know, I look back and, you know, I could be, I'll be that 45, 50 year old that mm. looks back and I see that individual in a leadership role and I can say, look, hey, I'm, uh, you know, that was, I'm not saying it was me that actually got her there, but it might've been that conversation that started that catalyst where she then started yep. looking at opportunities to start moving up. And, and then actually developing itself to become that leader within the business. Yeah, and I absolutely believe that was a starter or that will be starter because that's that's what I experienced in my life. And I was like two minutes conversation with my teacher. And sadly, it took me 25, 25 years to call her back and tell her actually thank mm. you. And I was so happy because she was so excited and crying. And, you know, m- maybe that day she realized that actually my job of being a teacher really had purpose, you mm. know, and... I was so happy that I can give it back, you know, to someone who gave me something. And yeah, look, I, I think this is so important. I think this is the most important part of leadership. And I hope someone will get inspired by this conversation because this is really, really important for helping people, uh, making them better human beings and helping them to grow. And before we jump off, I'll probably ask if you can maybe say in like one or two sentences very shortly, what is the, I don't want to call it change. I want to call it probably what 
what do you think was the most valuable part working together? Like, did you have any insights, aha moments, or anything that really, really helped you? Um, yes, I, de I definitely say I definitely had some aha moments, and some of them that I was I was I was definitely self aware of. Um, yeah. And yeah. you know, you helped me definitely get through and break down a few more barriers of of what that is. It's it's been a really great journey. Um, over the last six months because I've learned not just a lot on my own self and how I, you know, how I operate and how I, you know, react and think and you know, just move in general. Mm. It's been it's been also looking at people around me, the environment I'm, I'm surrounded by and, and how that influences not and myself and also my team as well. And that I think that's probably been the, the big ones for me, really, those aha moments is that you as a leader, you're in charge of that environment and you set that standard and expectation of that environment. So if, you, if you're if you sloppy and, you know, lax, then people will be sloppy and laxed around you. So it's, yeah, just, that's say probably the key ones I've learned through this, yeah. through this journey and really probably my journey of self too, not just always focusing on work, looking at how I can keep my fuel yeah, oh, that's so important. And there are basically the last three days of conversations with people. How important is actually try to understand how we can manage our energy because mm. it's so important. And as a leader, you need a lot of that. Yeah, no, definitely, yeah. definitely, I agree. And before we jump off, uh, one last thought or something, because I like to finish with, um, yeah, something that you would love to maybe say to to people they want to uh, become leaders or someone that is already leader and feels a little bit tired, exhausted. What will be your advice? It w it will get better. It will get no. I love it, it. I know, but it will. It will. It will. Like you might be sitting and you might be listening to this podcast right now, and you're thinking about yourself, going like, "Oh, like the world is falling around me, and everything seems to be you know crumbling around me." But that's only you in this moment. Um, it will get better. It will take a turn, and it will take a turn for the better because tomorrow's a new day, and what happened today, it won't carry on tomorrow. And if you approach it like that, and I've had to learn to do that myself, it's that new tomorrow's a new day. You start afresh, and you get and you get on with it. You know what I mean? And then at the end of the day, you go to bed, you wake up, and it's a new day again. You wake up, you're breathing, the, the sun's shining, <laughs> and you know what? You're alive. So it's nice. not all doom. It's all all doom and gloom, as you're probably thinking in this situation you are right now. Yeah, nice. Thank you very much for your time. I no, really look, uh, thank you very much, Alex. I appreciate it. Yeah, like I said, anybody wants to reach out and connect with me, by all means, happy to do so. And yeah. we can ha we can have a uh, catch up over a cup of coffee if you want to. So Yeah, I definitely. love that. Thank you. Thank you so much for offering that. Thank you very much for your time. No, thank you very much, Alex.